we enjoy being in our band and we enjoy like the joyousness of what adventures lie ahead. Mm -hmm. And if things work out, they work out that we want to do. And if things that we want to do don't work out, yeah, we just make another plan. I think that it's a bit like DIY bands are a bit like water, you know, that they'll just find like the route to get through something. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ear Fuel Podcast. As always, I'm Joel Freemark, and you can follow me on Twitter at, at the Daily Guru and at Get Ear Fuel. The podcast is always available in the iTunes and Google Play stores and wherever it is you listen to podcasts under Ear Fuel and at GetEarFuel.com. We open today with a clip from my interview with Holly from the band The Lovely Eggs. They are one of the best and outright coolest DIY bands on earth. They just are. And thanks to the wonders of technology, we were able to chat from opposite sides of the Atlantic Ocean. And we talked about everything from their musical ethos to drunk dialing producers they really hoped would work with them and a lot more. Uh, you do not want to miss this one. Trust me, it was a whole ton of fun, and we're going to get to that one right after a quick album review. The record I want to look at today is called Danz, D-A-N-Z, and it's from the artist who goes under the name Computer Magic. Her real name is Danielle Johnson, and over the past, I think, eight years, she's released about a dozen EPs and LPs. Truly a lot of great music out there. Her style is a mixture of electronica, trip-hop, ambient stuff, synth-pop, some indie rock. There's really no way to capture everything she does on a song. It's just really damn cool. And I'll be honest, from the very first notes I heard of this record, I was completely taken. Instantly hooked. I really love this album. Like a lot of her records, this one has this cool sci-fi futuristic feel, and that's, that's not only because she does stuff with electronica, which tends to lean in that direction, but it's the way she creates these really great atmospheres. There are so many different tones, and they manage to all fit together. So with a lot of electronic albums, you kind of get someone doing the same thing for like 45 minutes. That is not the case here. There's wonderful diversity, and there's tons of different things to love. I adore the vastness that you get on the song Nebraska Land, and then there's the futuristically rad song Ordinary Life, which is probably my favorite. I really like that song a lot. The song Delirium has a cool darkness to it, and then there's like this layered, ethereal feel to the song Clouds, and you definitely feel like you're flying. I don't, I don't want to tell you how to hear this album, but that's how I hear it, and I heard it a lot because I was playing it pretty much constantly. That's how much I enjoyed this. In a lot of ways, this record is what can happen when someone is creating with no rules because she really doesn't have any rules. She owns and distributes her music through her own label, Channel 9 Records, so kind of the rules are off. There's great keys, awesome rhythms that just give these great pulsing feels to them. The grooves are fantastic. The melodies are fantastic. Everything here is in perfect balance. I just, I can't say enough. I really enjoyed this record a lot. In fact, I enjoyed it so much that after listening to it two or three times, I reached out to Danielle and I said, hey, will you come and talk on the podcast about the record? And she's going to be my guest on the next episode. So if you're looking for something fresh, something cool, something you haven't heard anything really like before, this is definitely one to put your ears on. The artist's name, Computer Magic, the record Danz, D-A-N-Z. Go check it out. 
Moving on. The Lovely Eggs have been making their own brand of punky, folky, whatever the hell they want rock music for more than a decade. And their newest album, it's called This Is Eggland, might be their finest yet. I'll tell you, my conversation with Holly was one of those that after the fact, you wish it was in person. You know, when you're talking to a friend on the phone and it just, it's so much fun. You're like, damn it, I I wish we were sitting somewhere and doing this because it would have been so much better. Not to say it wasn't great, but... uh, It was a true blast. Many laughs were had alongside some very serious observations about the current completely mad state of the world, how the music industry is working these days. We went all over the place. Now, I do want to say we taped this a few weeks ago because there are some references to things that had just happened. But since the album is out this week, I kind of wanted to save it. So sit back and prepare for a trip to Eggland. And then I rung you on my phone, and now it's it's coming out of my computer. So I'm, I'm just accepting it, but right. I, I'm freaked out really because usually if I make a call on my phone, yeah, I'm on my phone, not on my computer. But you can hear me, and I can hear you, so that's perfect. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. Sorry, it's, uh, it's Apple making everyone's lives easier. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, so I heard the new record, and I really, really enjoy it. Just get that out of the way. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. So uh, the record, though, it sounds a lot heavier and almost kind of more full than the previous outings. Was was that a purposeful new direction or continued direction? I don't think it was really purposeful, but I think it ended up like that uh, because just what we wanted to write about, really. We, you know, it's a, we wrote the album really like. When the when the world's well, it's been starting to go mad for a long time now. Yeah. But when the world, yeah. the world finally lost the fucking plot, and then you know put uh, Trump on on your uh, as the president of your country, and yeah. then we decided to you know leave the EU for some ridiculous reason, and so we we're just like just getting you know angry about stuff, and I think that just led to a heavier sound, and we were probably going that edging that way anyway with our last album, mm-hmm. and it, it just tipped over the edge, and we just like jumped off the cliff really with it. So this is kind of um, the the loud and the 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 more aggressive nature of it is almost you guys trying to shout a bit louder because the world the state of the world. Yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes when you're angry, you're never not quite you're never quiet when you're angry, are you? Yeah. But I mean, I suppose there are angry folk songs, but a lot of the angry songs I know are like hardcore and punk and much more, you know, like louder. So, yeah, and heavier. So I think I think that was it. And I think, yeah, we just basically we change every album that we do. And we've been going like 11 years now. So it just depends like what we want to write at the time. And that those are the sorts of songs we wanted to write at the time. And those are what we well, I say it's like a conscious decision. Them are the songs that just came out at the time. So. We don't really have a say in it. It just mm-hmm. come out. So. so is the title a play on This Is England? Yeah, totally. It's a piss take, an absolute yeah. piss take. <laughs> you know, like, because have you seen the Shane Meadows series? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a bit like that because, you know, we're from the, the north of England where things are pretty grim and, you know, just life in general for most people seems to be getting grimmer and grimmer and grimmer. And we just kind of thought, you know, like, it doesn't have to be this way. Do you know, like, some people, mm-hmm. normal people, like, are trapped into this fucking nonsense insanity of a life where they're constantly working, you know, to buy shit they don't want just to impress people they don't care about. 
out. And we're just like, you don't have to do that. You can like step out of it and like not do that. (laughs) And like not, you know, sit watching the telly every Saturday night with a takeaway and not working your ass off just to buy a fucking massive car that you can't afford. You know, you can go off grid if you want, really. And so we came up with this idea of an alternative reality like Eggland. So that is like our world, really. Mm-hmm. We, we're different to other people. We live we live pretty unconventionally, mm-hmm. but also very normal. We have a very normal life, but it's very abnormal as well. I like that. I, th- I think I want to move there, to be honest, because it, <laughs> it just sounds a lot more up my alley. Well, you say that, you say that, but like, give you two minutes, you'd be like screaming to go back and go to America. Please let me back. Yeah, it's like people who say they want to go on that mission to Mars. Sure. And then people say, you do know that like, if you go, you know, you're never going to come back. And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, we know, we know, we know. As soon as they fucking get there, give them like two weeks, they'll be like screaming to come home. It'd be horrible. And, th- and that's just not happening. There, it's not an easy return trip from Mars. No, I know. I know. At least from Lancaster, you could probably get back somehow. (laughs) So, uh, so then with this, this was also really the first time you've worked with an outside producer, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, it was, was was that a conscious decision? Did the timing just work out? It was a conscious joke, really, because what happened, me and David were in our kitchen and we were talking about producers and we're just saying like, oh, the ultimate producer ever has got to be Dave Fridman. Mm-hmm. So we're yattering away and talking about his production and like, listen, on that, on the soft bullet and on that song, you know, when he does that, you know, we, we were getting quite into it. And then I was like, right, I'm going to write to him and ask him if he'll produce something <laughs> by us. And David said, you are fucking like out, you know, like you're living in a, in a dream world. Like there's no way a producer like that. He's going to work with like a band like us, like mm-hmm. with two numpties from Lancaster, unknown <laughs> DIY band. He's just never going to do it. So I was like, all right, well, we'll see about that. He's only a normal person like everyone else. What's the harm? So I tried to look for an email for him and I couldn't find it. And I searched for a couple of days and couldn't find an email. And of course, the reason why is because he doesn't publish his email on the internet. Mm. So bands like us can't contact right, can't, him, can't stalk and him, down. him yeah. to make their record. So I, and eventually I was pretty, I thought I'm going to try. I was really like, once I couldn't find something, I was like, I'm going to fucking find a way. So I found a, a phone number for him for his studio. So I rang it and it's like ringing America. Like I know you're in America, so it won't be weird to ring America for you, but sure. it might be weird for you to, it might be weird for you to ring like Britain, like, it's a different tone. Like it's, it goes, you can tell you're ringing abroad. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And uh, you're like, Oh shit. And I was like, Oh shit. And as well. And then someone with an American accent's going to pick up as well. So I'm freaking out <laughs> and I'm drunk as well. Cause I had to get drunk to like actually do it. Sure. And the first time I got through to a garage and the second time I got through to a Chinese takeaway <laughs> and I was <laughs> pissed and I thought, I'll just try again just to see if I got the right number. Yeah. And the, time it got through to Tarbox Road answering machine his studio so I, I left a message and I was so garbled I remember being so nervous like that I'd actually got through to this machine you know and so I just said oh someone like oh you know I'm Holly and I'm in this band of lovely eggs and we think you're the greatest producer of all time and you know and I ended up leaving my email address and or or said my website or whatever I can't remember mm-hmm. anyway didn't hear anything about it and literally, David was like, you are a fucking 
idiot. Do you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing here? So we just left it and put it down amongst our list of drunken escapades. And like a, a year later, we got this email and it was from Dave Fridman. And it just says, am I too late? I love, I've listened to your stuff. I've got your answer for a message and I want to, I want to record your album. So yeah, it was, it's literally like a fucking dream. Yeah. So I, that's my advice to fans. Always do fucking ridiculous stuff. Cause you never know. It might. <laughs> it, yeah. It might work it out might, for you. It might work out. Yeah. If you don't, if but you that, don't that, try. That's a true story that Dave will tell you that it's true. Cause it is. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and it's kind of the, you know, another epitome of, you know, you guys are very, very DIY and just kind of going out and, and saying, well, let's see, maybe this person will produce for us. And if he doesn't, who cares? We'll just keep doing it on our own. So over yeah. the last few years with how technology has changed, how has that changed your approach to what you guys do in terms of getting out there, distributing music, recording, all of that? Well, I think like it's been brilliant for us, really, because you can act, you can access an audience that you couldn't really before the the internet you know mm -hmm. having the internet there is amazing to be able to get your music across to people all over the world well we like we've got like a distributor in like london who we distribute all our records through and they've been really helpful towards us in doing that but i mean yeah like you say we just kind of we we enjoy being in our band and we enjoy like the joyousness of what adventures lie ahead. Mm -hmm. And if things work out, they work out that we want to do. And if things that we want to do don't work out, yeah, we just make another plan. I think that it's a bit like DIY bands are a bit like water, you know, that they'll just find like the route to get through something. So like you can, you know, fling loads of shit at them and still manage to come out the other side in some shape or form. Do you know it'll I mean? be something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, like you say, if Dave hadn't produced, we would have just done it ourselves. And in fact, when Dave got back to us, he'd said to us, um, am I too late? And he was too late because the email that we wrote was for our fourth album called mm -hmm. This Is Our Nowhere. So he, he, and we said, oh, we, we just cracked on with it ourselves. So he said he wanted to do the next one, which, which he did do. So, yeah, it's just like not accepting... Not accepting defeat ever. <laughs> yeah, so, turning it into a win every time. Yeah, and I think when, you, when you're on about technology, you know, I think it, it just makes things easier, really, and it's less of a barrier because you don't need as much money. And I think that's a big thing for people putting records out. It costs money, mm. and, and the internet's free, and that's good. The internet is free for now. It's still free for now. Yeah. Oh my God. Can you imagine it not being? That'd be terrible. I mean, we're, we're looking at it here in the States. That's, that's what uh, <gasps> Trump and all of his FCC lackeys want is to monetize the internet. Really? So. I have never heard that. God, that is just like, I've never even thought of that concept. Right. It's, it, mental, it just doesn't, it? yeah, it just doesn't, you know, it was a couple months ago, the F, our, our federal body that oversees the internet and all of our communications ruled that it should no longer, it's this whole net neutrality thing is basically about monetizing the internet. And it was ironic because it was the same week that I think Norway declared internet um, a, a necessity to life and, and something that the public just had to have while, while, My God, yeah, we're here we're trying to figure out how can we make another dollar off it. I know. It's awful, isn't it? Oh my god, I never even thought of that. That's what you feel sick. It's like water, isn't it? You know, yeah. when people bottling water, you think it's like the Emperor's new clothes, a bottle of water. It's just like you just get it out of the tap, you know, and people yeah. are like bottling this stuff and then selling it in plastic bottles. 
It's incredible. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just incredible. What did I tell you, Joel? The world has got fucking mad. And it is like the Emperor's New Clothes. And people are just turning the blind eye to it and walking into a shop and buying a bottle of water and spending 70p on a bottle of water. Like it's totally normal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just... I. It there's it's there are few, you know here in New York City like I see it all the time people buying like three or four bottles of water at the same time and I want to say to them you could you could refill the one bottle <laughs> like if you just needed a bottle you know a receptacle to hold the water you could you could just buy one I, it's been sold the idea of it being like a spring water and yeah. from underground and stuff and it's all that's all fucking marketing isn't it it's all bullshit because the you could say the water that we get from our taps from underground or wherever it's from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it's just clever marketing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's there there are similarities to what's gone on over the past say 25 years in the music world where they're they're selling you they're selling you something inauthentic. It's not totally a lie, but the music they're trying to present to you as the best around, it's just not completely true. Yeah, 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 yeah. So No, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Do you do you have you seen a change in the last year or two in the kind of underground and DIY scene in the UK? Um, not, not really, and I'll tell you for why. Because we kind of live in Lancaster, mm-hmm. which is north of the north, like it's even more north than Manchester, and it and it's a small town, and we kind of keep our heads down, and we just kind of like to keep in our own world and our own bubble, really. So there's in Lancaster, there's definitely been more bands like come up really and, and start to do it themselves and release their own records and do it that way and but then we go on t- tour and like you know we just come back and then we could just come back home so it's like it's really hard for us to know about the scene in the UK I, there's like, quite a few bands that you see that are trying to ride the coattails of sort of the po- political thing yeah. which I, I can see straight through them do you know you'll be like oh they're talking about like ranting on about this and ranting on about that and then they, you see them do a sponsored facebook ad and you think you fucking call yep. you yeah, know what i mean like, you know there, there are rappers here who when there's some shooting or national tragedy suddenly have a single about how much it's bothering them and how much it gets in yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're just you're capitalizing off of tragedy that's all yeah well there's a lot of young boy bands or young male fronted bands or not front just male bands at the moment, who are going on, you know, like about politics and ranting on about this and ranting on about that, like, you know, fake punks, really. But yeah. And they say the DIY and like, oh, yeah, we do it all ourselves. And then, you, you know, like the BMG are like behind the, you know, record label or they're doing like an imprint and, you know, they've got a manager. And it's like, you can't, uh, this is hilarious. The other year, I got an email from a manager going, oh, I manage this DIY band called so and so, so and so. Can they come on tour with you? And it's like, they're not fucking DIY right. if you've got a bad manager. You know, p- people think that DIY is like a bit of marketing, a way to say, you know, oh, th- th- you know, it's this sort of general music. They're a bit edgy, you know, they're yeah. a bit punk, they're a bit, oh, they're a bit DIY. But they don't realise how much it's not about that. It's, it really does mean something yeah, towards no. it's about freedom and independence, you know, and not like just a, you know, like, not a brand in a way, you know, and I think a lot of bands are branding themselves as DIY and political and have something to say, but it's basically fake bullshit. They just want to like be famous like every other band does. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's this people do the same thing with punk rock when they're like, oh, this has a real punk rock sound and feel to it. I'm like, but punk isn't attitude punk is a mindset punk isn't absolutely yeah yeah you know it's not spiked hair and a leather jacket that's nice uh yeah it's it's yeah like i consider i've always considered us a punk band even though some of our early records are really light and much more sometimes quite folky but yeah it is just a fuck you attitude and you have to have that mentality and a non-corporate one too you know you can't you can't do all these facebook sponsored ads and then say that you're diy and you, you you know you hate the world because, well and you know, folk music is punk rock folk it's music of the yeah, people yeah, yeah, you yeah. know you look at like woody guthrie or even in country yeah. johnny cash that's a punk yeah, rock yeah, yeah, attitude yeah. if there ever was one yeah 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 absolutely yeah, you know. yeah you're right so then with with this album being so focused on just the chaos of the world was this an easier record to write for you guys for me yeah it was really pretty easy <laughs> because we just focused and we knew dave fredman was on board so we we're like sure. let's get you know like if you haven't got like that carrot to go get in the studio and record, then I think we had two carrots. One was the fact that Dave said he was going to produce it. So we're like, oh, well, that gives us incentive to go in and bloody write it. Yeah. And like, we've got a four-year-old boy, so we'd take him to like nursery. He used to go to play group in the mornings, like quarter to nine to quarter to 12. So we had three hours and I had to run to the studio and like practice and like would rehearse there and write songs and then run back and pick him up and that was all we had every day so it was like a mixture of those two things really helped us quick write it pretty quickly and i think that's why it's got kind of like a theme to it because it was all written fairly quickly under like not over a lot of years you know in a particularly you know a, a time of year like a like a year ago was just just mental all this all this shock of what the world was becoming really yeah it just doesn't stop yeah every day it's something new and you know i was i was hoping that there would have been this giant groundswell of you know of bands like this where it's it's people are looking at the world around them and saying i have to create this art but it really seems like you said most of the bands doing it are doing it just to cash in they don't actually have that meaning that intensity under it yeah, like I think they say they're breaking the mold, but they're not actually breaking the mold because they're just going the exact same route that everyone else has gone down, which doesn't work. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I don't know. I think it's better. You have to value what you want, you know, in life. And whether you like value art, like I find it really difficult, like if you're on a record label, to, you know, come up with songs and then for them to tell you it's not good enough. Because, like, I think that's really hard with like art and music to say something's not good enough. And, you know, like what is good enough and what is their criteria for judging what's good or what's not? And it's probably commercialness or like how much it will sell. And that's never a good yardstick for making art or music, I don't think. Yeah. So, you know, I quite like to be not have that pressure. I mean, I I put that pressure on myself to write good a, a song that I like, but it isn't a song... You know, it's not for any other motive other than we're happy with it. Yeah, and I and I think you know there, there's such a great precedent for that for for real art and real creation. You know, I mean, it was uh, just devastating that we lost Marky e. Smith last week because oh, when I it know. comes to being totally true to the art and just saying this is what I'm creating, I mean, he's he's kind of the best at it. Absolutely, he just didn't compromise at all, and that is what is so 
you know, admirable of him. And he's, he's admired by so many people. And, like, he is admired by so many people. So many people admire him, but then go and fucking sign the massive deal yeah. or, you know, do that. Because they can't be like him because it's really hard to be like that. Because you were, you know, like you, you, you were almost like cutting off your nose to spite your face. Yeah. When you make the decisions that he probably made, you know, and and from an economic point of view, or from a, you know, like a career point of view, you know, like yeah. But I mean, as a, as a human being and as an artist and as a musician, he, you know, like you couldn't fault him, and I think that's why everyone admires him so much because he he just lived it, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, and he, yeah, lived, and he lived it real, and you know, a lot of people are living it fake. You know, the, the posturing like Marky e. Smith, but there's nothing behind it. You know, there's no substance behind it. Well, you know, the last record that they did just a couple months ago, it was great, and and yeah, I I do measure people a bit by their response to the fall because either you get it or you don't. Oh and, my god, yeah. Mm. Well, we love we love the fall. But I mean, Marky e. Smith has come to our gigs in the past. not lovely eggs gigs, but when we were in, I was in my old band ages years ago in the nineties. Mm-hmm. He's come to our gigs and buy us pints and stuff. He was a cool dude. He's a good good man, actually. Yeah, yeah. So with the new record, um, and and with what's your obvious life situation, are you guys going to tour as much? Do you think you're going to tour any wider with it? We want to. I mean. We tour as much as we ever did now because everyone, they said that's the other thing, other people's rules. I can't stand them, right? People going like, <laughs> you can't do that now. It's like, well, can't we? Well, I think I'll decide that. Like when I got pregnant, it's like everyone's like, right, that's the end of the band now, obviously. You can't, you know, do the band now that you're going to have a baby. And I'm like, well, can't we? Why not? Sure. So we've toured, we've toured with our boy since he was like three weeks old. Well, we just did one-off gigs, but then when it was about a year, we started touring properly. Mm-hmm. And he he loves going on tour now, and we go on tour for like 10 days at a time, about four times a year, and then we do loads of festivals. So, yeah, we haven't got a problem. And we just tour now in the kids' school holidays. So we know when they are in advance, and we, like, we've got a tour com- coming up in February and a tour in May and a tour in October, and we know the dates, and we book them all in. There you go. And he gets, to so see, get- he gets to see the world. Yeah, and we have to go to soft play centres at ridiculous times in the morning, which is bloody unfair. <laughs> but we, to be fair, it was getting to a point before I had a baby, we were partying so hard, like I was being sick in carrier bags on the way to soundcheck. Sure. It's like, I don't miss that. Like, I, I don't like getting up early, but I... Those hangovers from the old days of like well and truly gone, which is amazing. Yeah, I get it. I have a I have a four month old in the other room, so uh, oh totally, my god, totally get it. Like that was why when I was like, oh, we missed nine thirty. I was like, okay, can we try for like two in the afternoon? Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, he he demands the rest of my day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can so, imagine. Um, so uh, this record is is a push against what's what's going on has has the creative process kind of paused for a minute do you feel like you've gotten the catharsis for this moment or are you you know still still writing more about it i don't know we've not written anything for a while (laughs) to be fair because we've been trying to because with the diy nature of the band you move on from songwriting and then you move on to recording and then you move on to promotion and manufacturing and artwork and making videos like we do everything and booking tours so we haven't actually come full circle and got back to writing again because we've just been busy like making videos booking tours for like may and october and doing promotion for the new record and designing artwork and stuff with our friends so yeah it's 
we don't in a, in the sense that is the bad side because we would like to be doing more music more of the time and that is the negative side of doing everything yourself because you've got to split yourself up into like you know spread yourself quite thinly over stuff um but yeah it's something that i'm quite glad what's happened well no i'm not glad actually i i don't even know why i'm saying that it's a double edged sword <laughs> The fact that what's happening has happened is making people question stuff about capitalism, I think, and about uh, consumerism and global corporateness. And I think that it's very, it's a good thing that light's been shined on that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that people are starting to wake up and I wish they really would because, you know, it's not just about Trump's like the figurehead of stuff and like leaving Europe's a hit figurehead, but it's it goes so far deeper rooted in our society than that like all this shit that we do which is ridiculous that people don't find ridiculous they just see it as normal they've normalized it yeah yeah it's like if you brought aliens from another planet onto this planet and said there's people over there that like um have got no food to eat they're starving oh and these countries have got so much food they just throw it in the bin well and the aliens go well why don't you just give it to those oh no yeah, we you can't know, do that. Can't do that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. Well, why don't you help those people over there? No, can't do that, you know. Right, because this, this is my stuff. I, I don't want to give anybody any of my stuff because then it's not mine anymore. Yeah, and then, like, we're going to get water out of the ground and it can come out of that tap. But what we're going to do is we're going to put it into a plastic bottle and then put it in a shop and then make people work really hard at shit jobs they don't want to do so that they can go into that shop and buy that bottle of water. But not Shit, all I bottles know. of water are, are equal either. Because you, you got to get the fancy water. Got to get I that. I know. Which, which is the most ridiculous part. Like, you know, I mean, like Fiji as a brand. I know. It's I know. I know. Insane. This is it's that. It's like waking up because I think so much goes on, like, about, you know, like, and people don't see it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they've just become, it's become normal to them. Right. It's every but day. But the life. Life is insane, and I think it's a role reversal because we used to think of ourselves as the freaks, and now we think, bloody hell, the normals, they're fucking weirder than us now. Do you know what I mean? Like, think about what we're fucking doing. So, yeah, I don't think I'll ever stop banging on about it in a way, (laughs) but this album's been quite good to get a lot of it out, do you know? Yeah, yeah, and and let everybody know that Eggland exists. Yes. uh, It's a state of mind, perhaps. Well, it is. Eggland exists in yourself and it's accessible to you by just your own choices in life, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. People moan on about all the time. Oh, I didn't, you know, this is how it is. It doesn't, nothing has to be as it is. Everyone's got the power to change shit, I suppose. All you have to do is just decide to change it. Yeah. But obviously not like shit like being a millionaire because that's what people will say. Oh, well, I want more money and, you know. Yeah. But, you know, just like I think little little steps, you know, if you want to see the – if you want the world to be better looked after, you know, start looking after it better, like yeah. not using plastic and stuff and all that stuff, you know, like little things. Right. Or if you don't like that, don't do it. Right. If you're unhappy at <laughs> something, stop doing it. Yeah, and then a million people might be unhappy with the same thing, and we all might stop doing it, and then it might be utopia. <sighs> someday. <laughs> someday. <laughs> My thanks again to Holly for making time to chat. Do not use water bottles, right? 
go out, put your ears on This Is Eggland now. You will not regret it. Before we wrap the episode, I do, of course, have your ear fuel listening assignment for everybody new to the podcast. And hey, maybe you're not new to the podcast and you love saying this along with me every week. Who knows? Each week, I assign an album to listen to in full, beginning to end, without any distractions or interruptions. It stems from the fact that most of the time these days when you're listening to music, you're doing something else. You're distracted. You're driving. You're at work. You're at the gym. You're yelling at somebody. Who knows? And this is about taking some time each week to listen to music for the sake of music alone. This episode, since we spoke about him and he sadly passed away a few weeks ago, your assignment is my favorite album from the fall, 1983's Perverted by Language. Like a lot of people, I was absolutely devastated to hear about the passing of Mark E. Smith because when it comes to the word artist and visionary, few people can stand alongside him. But with that in mind, I will admit, there may be no more an acquired taste in all of music history than The Fall. This is what completely uncompromising musical creation sounds like, and it's kind of anti-everything in a way. At its core, The Fall is as punk as it gets in spirit, possibly not in sound, but you know what Holly and I were talking about earlier, that punk is a state of mind. Due to that, all bets are off when it comes to listening to the music of The Fall. It's a bit maddening at times, as, as this album, to me, wonderfully unsettling. You really don't know where it's going to go next, and that's good and bad, mostly good. I mean, if you've never heard The Fall before, I can pretty much guarantee you've never heard anything quite like this. While this entire record is well worth listening to, there are two tracks that I love more than any others, and they're two of my favorite songs of all time. The opening track, Eat Yourself Fitter, is one of those tracks that is pretty much always in my head. It's it's the rhythm, it's the way that the guitar works, just the guitar riff, it really gets stuck in your head and I don't mind it. And then just the way Mark E. Smith delivers the vocals on there, especially at the end of verses like, you know, it was the manager, you'll, you'll listen to it, you'll get it. That is something that I subconsciously say to myself a lot of the time, that and what's a computer, because I just love that song so much and nobody gets what I'm talking about and that's another reason why I like it. The other song on this record that you really need to hear is Garden. It's one of the longer tracks that The Fall ever did and it's this winding piece of absolute musical genius. There are so many layers to this song that over the years you will peel back and you'll pick up on new things and when you kind of finally realize what he's talking about, and I don't want to ruin it, you're going to say, that is the strangest song I have ever heard about that topic. But that's kind of the genius of Mark E. Smith. He didn't really care to go into any sort of musical convention. He saw and felt what he wanted to create, and he just did it. If you want to understand what it means every time I say it's not a very original song, the basis for that oftentimes is the fall because they are as original as they get. And throughout all of the decades that Marky e. Smith and his band were creating music, they were always unapologetically original. I know a lot of people who are into the fall are going to say, oh, why didn't you pick Live at the Witch Trials? Why didn't you pick this album, that album? I get it. With the fall, it is really a matter of taste among, let's say, six or seven albums that are just better than the rest. But for me, I absolutely love Perverted by Language. If you've never heard this album and you've never heard The Fall or given them a chance recently, make sure you do that right now. Thank me later.
My thanks one more time to Holly from The Lovely Eggs. You can find them all over the internet under The Lovely Eggs. And check out the new record, This Is Eggland. The podcast is always available in the iTunes and Google Play stores and at GetEarFuel.com. And you can find me under at GetEarFuel and at The Daily Guru. That's it for this episode of EarFuel. Share and enjoy. Enjoy.